pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Brain stimulation sounds scary and futuristic. Actually, these techniques have been used to suppress pain due to a variety of painful conditions. There are four non-invasive brain stimulation techniques that focus on reducing pain by changing brain activity. One of these up-and-coming treatments is called transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. It's FDA-approved for major depression, and recently, a handheld form is approved for migraine headache with aura. TMS is non-invasive, targets the outer layer of the brain called the cerebral cortex, and may help correct areas inside the brain that have been altered due to chronic pain. Now, we've done shows on more invasive brain stimulation techniques, like deep brain stimulation and motor cortex stimulation. But TMS doesn't require surgery, so it's easier and safer to use. Studies have shown that TMS can reduce pain in patients with fibromyalgia, post-stroke pain, and spinal cord injury, and other conditions as well. Kathy Lamb, our first guest, returns. She's a former administrative specialist with 15 years of fibromyalgia. Kathy shares her life-changing experience with TMS following a study that she participated in. And then Dr. Baron Short, Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Medicine and Medical Director of the Brain Stimulation Service at the Medical University of South Carolina, joins us once again. He'll discuss how we target the correct areas of the brain, when patients begin to feel better, the costs, and the promise of TMS for treating several pain conditions. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic. Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, The Pain Community, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Kathy Lamb had the typical widespread body pain from fibromyalgia. It restricted her life and led to depression. After enrolling in a study using TMS, all of her symptoms went into remission. Let's find out more about it. Kathy, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you. On our last show, you talked about living with the pain of fibromyalgia. You couldn't shake hands anymore or sleep for more than two hours at a time. We started discussing the TMS sessions and what they were like. You sat in a chair and put a helmet over your head. Yes. And at the end of the study, you discovered that you actually were getting transcranial magnetic stimulation versus placebo. But talk to us more about the sensation. What was it like to have the treatment? It was a warm sensation. It just felt like a a tapping noise and it felt um, like maybe a pain stick at the time that I was having the treatment. Mm -hmm. A couple of times I almost quit the treatment, but I knew that I was feeling better 
and I, and this was doing wonders for me, and so I stuck it out and completed the treatment. Good for you. And I know that you almost dropped out because it was sort of painful, but it was only painful during the sessions and not after. Now, tell us about whether you noticed a change in your pain after each treatment. Yes. Maybe the third or fourth week, I started noticing a, a change. Okay. And what kind of change did you notice? I was walking faster. I was walking better. Mm-hmm. I wasn't um, feeling as painful when I was getting the treatment. I noticed I was sleeping better. My attitude was better. I felt like I did 20 years ago. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, I think. How much total relief did you get from transcranial magnetic stimulation? After the treatment, it lasted me 11 months. Wow. So I was able to water ski. I was able to run, ride a bike. I was able to exercise. I was able to do everything that I used to do. 20 years ago. Mm. After about the 11th month, I started feeling the pain coming back. I started feeling like I was slowing down. I I couldn't um, run and and ride my bike anymore. I never could go back to water skiing. But Kathy, I mean, that is phenomenal. Yes. I was very, very pleased with that treatment. Absolutely. Was the relief cumulative? And what I mean by that is, did you get more and more relief after each session? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. It it did improve after each session. Mm -hmm. That's why I did not give up because I knew once I got that treatment and I started feeling better, Mm -hmm. I was improving and improving. Right. I was so happy with the treatment. I felt like I got a hundred percent relief after the study was over with. What a real life changer. And I know that you were also not using any other therapies for pain during that study. How did your family and friends react to your transformation? Well, they couldn't believe that I was able to go back to water skiing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all shocked that I was able to water ski because I love, I've been water skiing for years and I wasn't able to water ski anymore. And mm-hmm. after the study, I was able to um, go water skiing. I can only imagine how great that was for you. And let me ask you, what kind of a difference did TMS ultimately have on your life? It was a miracle treatment. I would love to be able to have the treatment again. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get another treatment, but my insurance won't pay for it. And I'm really sorry to hear that. And that's because it's not FDA approved for fibromyalgia. Kathy, Did the pain gradually return, or did it return abruptly? It was gradually. I just felt like something was going on, and I just started feeling weak Mm -hmm. and not moving as quickly that I was. Now, Kathy, TMS can cause some temporary side effects, things like a headache or nausea, uh, dizziness, or sometimes problems thinking. Did you experience any of these? No, no. Should TMS be available for all fibromyalgia patients? I sure do. And I, I wish that um, the people could experience what I experienced. Me too. Uh, Kathy, is there anything to be afraid of? No, no. I felt like maybe I had some fear because I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Of course, they talked to me and explained everything to me. Yeah. But once I started with it, I got at ease with it. But I would do it again. Sure. Uh, And I hope that someday I do get to get another treatment. I do too, because Kathy, you beat fibromyalgia for 11 months. 
And in the last few moments, what should we remember about transcranial magnetic stimulation for pain? It works. (laughs) I'm glad it made such a difference in your life. Kathy, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Up next is Dr. Baron Short, Medical Director of the Brain Stimulation Service at the Medical University of South Carolina. He joins us once again. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. Dr. Baron Short is an associate professor of psychiatry and medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina. He's conducted research on transcranial magnetic stimulation for both depression or pain since 2006. Dr. Short, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. On part one, we talked about the history behind uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation for depression. We talked about some of the emerging research on treating pain conditions, like uh, fibromyalgia, for instance. And then we got into the details of how TMS works. We also talked about the FDA approval of a handheld uh, take-home device, if you will, that can help treat acute migraine headaches with Aura. And and who's the manufacturer of that device? Enura. It's like E-N-E-U-R-A. Got FDA clearance. It's a portable migraine treatment device. So important point about TMS for depression, you have to go to a clinic to receive the treatment. It's not anything you can take home. Right. This Enura device actually appears to be something that you could take home with you, which is great. Yes, and I think that'll be fabulous to have for patients in the future who have various different pain conditions who can take home one of these handheld devices for pain relief. Baron, let's now talk about how you target the specific area inside the brain that's being exposed to the magnetic stimulation. Some research trials, they use things called neuronavigation, where you can actually take an MRI of someone's brain, and then you can essentially load it into a computer and use that data to then move the coil around different regions of the head to be more precise, technically, stimulating certain brain regions. Mm-hmm. No one is really using neuronavigation for clinical treatment. It is more of an approximation from the motor cortex. So, for example, if I'm going to treat somebody with TMS for depression, I will find the motor cortex area where I can elicit their thumb movement. Mm -hmm. So, that's very precise of a region. And then what we do is move the coil approximately five and a half centimeters forward, depending on the type of device, but move it five and a half centimeters forward. And and that's the brain region we're stimulating. Now, does that mean we're in the precise area we thought we were in? Not necessarily. And there's been studies to show that up to a third of the time, uh, when people only move five centimeters forward, third of the time, we still were too far back. Mm -hmm. So those are developments uh, underway that I think gets to that larger idea of can we look at structural images of the brain and be more precise where we're stimulating, and can we look at more functional images, uh, functional MRI and EEG, 
to kind of target specific areas that, if you will, ping and stimulate or modify other brain networks. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see whether that increase in precision translates to better pain control. It'll also be fascinating to determine whether neuronavigation can be used at home for handheld devices someday. Now, Dr. Short, once the metallic arm or the helmet is placed over the patient's head, what happens? I mean, how does the doctor program the device? There's a, a computer as part of all of these clinical devices and research where you can modify the frequency, the time on of stimulation, mm-hmm. the time off of stimulation, mm-hmm. and then you can uh, put in the number of what they call trains. Uh, so the number of times you're going to run that cycle of time on, time off at a certain frequency. Now, Baron, uh, with high-frequency stimulation, since that increases brain excitability, is there any particular risk there? If you don't have enough time off, you could induce a seizure. Mm -hmm. That has happened. It's very rare. Uh, The other interesting thing is how many pulses or how long do we need to treat? Well, if we can measure not only what intensity of dose you need, But how long do you need it per session? That could make a difference for people, too. It very well could. We're up for a break, but hang on. When we come back, we'll find out from Dr. Short exactly what patients experience from TMS. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org. For information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Welcome back. Earlier, Kathy said that she felt a tapping on her scalp that was sometimes painful associated with TMS therapy. Uh, Baron, what do patients typically experience? Depending on the type of coil, um, some can be quite loud. Mm -hmm. We uh, generally have everyone wear earplugs. Okay. Uh, It's loud during the actual time of stimulation, so they can experience pain on the forehead, the loudness of the machine. What people are feeling is actually where the the stimulation is hitting superficial sensory nerves Mm -hmm. on the face or on the forehead. I've seen people maybe feel it run down into their nose or run down into their teeth. It's it's rare, but I've, I see it happen, and you just readjust the coil if that's happening. They can feel some clenching in the jaw sometimes. depends on the type of coil. Okay, now I know that these sensations just occur during the period of stimulation and don't linger, but do any of these sensations continue after the treatment ends? Some people will have headaches with TMS stimulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends to be generally very mild and is usually relieved with non-steroidals. Okay. Now, given that we don't really understand the exact mechanism of action of TMS, mm-hmm. is it safe? Starting back since the mid-80s, we, we've not found any literature to support that TMS impairs cognition or memory, that mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't appear to increase your risk of having seizures, Um In many ways, it's a more focal treatment. I would argue in some ways safer than medications that are binding to multiple uh, receptors throughout your body. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, it appears to be safe. Well, I mean, that's important. 
This isn't commercially available for pain treatment yet, is it? I mean, it's primarily only available for research. It's currently available for treatment of depression. It's not currently available on a widespread scale for pain. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't certain sites that might be willing to treat people with TMS for pain. It is fair to say it's likely to be out of pocket given that there are no uh, FDA indications uh, for pain or insurance coverage at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, with additional studies that show relief and benefit, I certainly hope that it is approved for pain. Baron, how long is each treatment? As the technology has continued to advance and there are various types of air-cooled and liquid-cooled systems, Mm -hmm. um, it's common that people are able to receive this treatment in about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, And then there are also some newer protocols coming out using what's called theta burst. Okay. And that's being studied in depression. It's also being studied in pain. And a lot of those protocols can be done in six minutes. Wow. The technology in terms of the actual machines is evolving, Mm -hmm. but also the protocols are evolving. And so we're getting quicker and quicker with these treatments. That's exciting. Uh, Now, Baron, is this treatment continued for several days, weeks, or months? That's a good question. There are some of these protocols where they will give 10 to 20 treatments, much like we would do with depression, where people actually tend to be getting more like 20 or 30, Mm -hmm. followed by a taper. Uh, or, or continue, you know, some of these folks may continue some sort of maintenance TMS. This is not well studied, but some people are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I can see that being of tremendous value to our previous guest, Kathy, who was in remission from fibromyalgia for 11 months and could really benefit from maintenance therapy every 11 months. Baron, in your experience, when do patients begin noticing a difference in their pain? I mean, is it after one session, two sessions, 10 sessions? There are some studies supporting that people are having pain change even in the first treatment, but we've commonly seen this pain change within the first one to two weeks. I mean, again, some experimental studies are showing even in the first day. Wow. It's not like three months later. It, it tends to be earlier on. Well, I mean, that's similar to what we see with the medications that we prescribe for patients who are in pain and with some of the procedures as well, sometimes even earlier, though, maybe within the first couple of days. We're up for a break, but stay tuned because when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Short about the potential that TMS has for treating postoperative pain. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Dr. Short, talk to us now about the potential that TMS has for treating post-operative pain because we've been talking about intractable or very difficult to treat chronic pain. Is there a role for this, though, in the acute setting? Because I think that someone in your lab, uh, Dr. Jeff Borkart, is working on something intriguing. He uh, has done some work uh, where people were having gastric bypass surgery and then uh, given a PCA pump, and then one group got sham fake TMS, another group got active TMS, and Mm -hmm. they saw 
you know, 40% reduction in opioid pain use on the PCA pump. Wow. So if you ask somebody, are you hurting? Sure, they're hurting. But if you looked at their trend, they're using a lot less opiates to manage their pain. Well, it sounds like TMS then does show promise for acute pain treatment as well. In your study, you noted a 29% reduction in pain in patients who had fibromyalgia. In an extreme case, Kathy, our previous guest, had 11 months of continuous pain relief. Is, was that typical or, I mean, what did other patients experience? There's certainly other people that were re- relapsing well before then, uh, you know, within weeks to months. We had some people that didn't get better at all. We yeah. had some people that had a moderate response mm-hmm. and we had some people that said, thank you for saving my life. Yes. And that, that was, I'm sure, our previous guest, Kathy. Baron, in your study, it, it seems like the depression and cognitive fog associated with fibromyalgia took longer to improve. Which would be consistent with what we see at TMS for depression, that it mm-hmm. tends to take several weeks before people are seeing significant benefit. Well, I think it's exciting to see that studies have shown that TMS can have a significant effect on neuropathic pain, uh, specifically conditions like trigeminal neuralgia, uh, post-stroke pain, and spinal cord injury, and even for injury to the spinal nerves and the peripheral nerves of the body. I mean, those are the nerves like um, the median nerve, for example, that causes carpal tunnel syndrome or the sciatic nerve, or even smaller nerves of the body. It also appears to be more effective for pain resulting from a central nervous system origin. And what I mean by that is the brain or the spinal cord, rather than the peripheral nerves of the body. That's my understanding as well. It does seem to be more of a relief for central pain. It's not only, say, pain signals coming from the body and the spine to the brain, but then how the brain regulates those pain signals and having appropriate inhibitory response that seems to be dysregulated across a variety of central pain conditions. Well, exactly. Now, I feel like there's great potential for TMS to make a clinically meaningful difference in suppressing pain for conditions like uh, fibromyalgia that we've been talking about, uh, facial pain, facial neuropathic pain specifically, and there's some promise that it might help a condition known as complex regional pain syndrome. It seems like there's some research on it, but not a lot yet. Now, here's a caution. If you have any type of metal in your head, if you have epilepsy or specifically certain types of epilepsy, and if you have a pacemaker, you should not undergo transcranial magnetic stimulation. Okay, now let's talk about the costs. Generally, hospitals or systems will charge around $200. Depending on the region, it may be more, but roughly $200 per session. Mm -hmm. That certainly, if somebody say for depression, if they were getting 30 treatments, that becomes cost prohibitive. Yeah. But depends on the type of insurance. So Medicare generally covers TMS for depression. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield depends on the various state does cover it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the FDA has not yet approved TMS for pain other than migraine. It's not covered for pain, but that at the same token, I don't think it hurts for people to potentially reach out to TMS centers in their area. Mm-hmm. It, it's not uncommon, for at least for some institutions, to have a 50% reduction in, in charge if people are paying out of pocket. Well, that's good to know. I also feel like TMS probably compares favorably to the costs of medications, emergency room visits, and alternative therapies, for example, for patients who have pain. If patients are interested in finding a center, I think you can Google TMS or go to a Neuronetics website and search 
for the facility and the physicians that offer TMS therapy. And finally, Baron, what does the future hold for transcranial magnetic stimulation? I think TMS holds the future as we tie in these neurodiagnostics mm-hmm. where we can be precise for an individual and what their specific brain needs, mm-hmm. not just group-level treatment. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing is customized pain care. Dr. Short, it was great having you on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.